single one of us at some point in our lives have been told, oh, grow up. You know, now I don't know exactly who told you that and how they meant it. You know, most of the time it's not always in a very positive way. But did you know that kind of this idea of growing up, needing to grow up, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? We know that physically speaking, of course it makes sense. And usually whenever you hear that phrase, they're not talking about you physically need to grow up. I mean, we know that you can only grow so fast anyways. They're usually talking about, you know, maybe kind of your attitude or something like that. You know, you're behaving um, too young for your age. Sometimes we do need to be told to grow up. Did you know the Bible actually talks about that sometimes? It's actually found in more than one place in the New Testament that even like a whole church was told that they need to grow up. So this is something that I think that we need to listen to and hear uh, what the Spirit is saying um, you know, perhaps to us as well today. So let's listen to these passages about growing up and see what they have to teach us. The first one that we're going to look at comes from Hebrews chapter 5. Now, in the book of Hebrews, if you've ever tried to, to get through it, um, there's a lot of pretty detailed things in it. I will most certainly give you that. And when you get to Hebrews chapter 5, the writer actually says this about the people who are listening uh, to him. He says, uh, in Hebrews 5, verses 12 through 14. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So you look at this passage, and here in this passage, you know, um, he is telling them, look, by this time you should be teachers, but somebody is actually having to come back and teach you still. He's telling them they need to grow up. 
And you know he he speaks about this, and he's he's uh, contrasting milk with solid food. You know by this point they should be on solid food. They should be uh, going beyond what they've been what they've been learning. But for whatever reason, he's saying that you know hey you really need to be teachers. He knows that they've had enough time that they should be the ones teaching other people, not having to have uh, others teach them about some of the basics of faith. And you might be wondering. Well, what's he talking about? What are some of the basics of faith that he would be describing? Well, he lists some of those in the next chapter. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, we read, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. So as you look at this you know, list, we aren't going to dive into this list right here. Um, I do have some other videos on here if you want to kind of maybe find those. Um, I did uh, a whole kind of teaching lesson on the book of Hebrews. So you can find out one on, uh, I guess I would have one on chapter 5 and then also chapter 6 that describes some of these in a little bit more detail than what I'm going to mention right here. But he just lists these things stating, you know, hey, these are some of these uh, foundational, you know, these elementary teachings, these foundational teachings in Christ. Well, we're not going to lay this foundation again about some of these, these different things. He says, we're not going to do that. We're going to move on. But he does say something very important in verse three that I think we need to pay attention to. He says, God permitting, we will do so. You know, the way that he's speaking, he's saying, look, we're going to move beyond this for right now, but God permitting, we do need to come back to them at some point. And that is something that, that is a wonderful lesson about growing up that I believe that we need to learn things, you know, as we grow, but we also need to revisit things. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I believe that God has, has given us, you know, children, because I know that whenever I had children of my own, I started seeing the world just differently. And I started having to kind of relearn some of these foundational things and these things that you need to teach your own children. And I can't help but think this is also part of the church too. When the church has reached a point in their um, life, I guess you would say, that they are ready to teach the next generation. You're learning some of these things that maybe you had forgotten. You're like, oh yeah, that was one of these foundational teachings. And when you look at this passage, he's saying, we're going to move beyond that. And he does. In the book of Hebrews, he moves beyond some of these uh, these elementary teachings. And he goes on into greater detail. Some of them are kind of difficult to, to learn, but I think the book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. But did you know this isn't the only place that speaks about growth and the need for growth? Let's turn to another passage, and we're going to spend a little bit more time in the next passage, though, uh, than we did even here in the book of Hebrews. And this next passage kind of goes in line with, with what we've been looking at from uh, a few different passages from the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, we're not going to be looking at every single chapter in this book, but I do want us to see this passage because I believe that we can learn so much from it if we're just willing to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, listen to what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. And as I've already mentioned, even I believe I mentioned this last week and a few weeks back, the, the book of Corinthians was written not just to the church in Corinth, but also to all of Christians as well. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4, we read this. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you were still not ready. You were still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? 
Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? So, you know, now this might sound very familiar to you because we looked at this even last week, but he's bringing up some of these same things. These are some of the problems that they were having in the church. They were focusing uh, so much on the wrong types of things is what they were called to be. In fact, what, um, what Paul says to them is he says, look, I cannot address you back in verse one. He says, I cannot address you as people who live by the spirit, but as people who are still worldly because they hadn't grown up in Christ. He recognizes they are mere infants in Christ. And he's speaking these things as if really by this time, they should have grown up. They should have been able to mature more. They should not be people who are still worldly, but rather they should be people who are led by the Spirit. Now he does mention in verse 2, and this is so important, he mentions this milk, that he gave them milk and not solid food, because they weren't ready for it. There is nothing wrong for milk. When you have a baby, a baby needs milk in order to live. That's the main food source that a child is going to have, that a baby is going to have. But at what point does the main food source become something more substantial than milk? Now, you know, I mean, I can't necessarily exactly answer that. And, and for each individual baby, it might be a little different as to when they, they get off of that, you know, that milk or that formula and they start having more solid foods. And sometimes people do it earlier than other times. And, you know, we, we're not going to get into all those details because this is just an illustration that you see that at some point that baby needs to mature, that baby needs to spiritually grow and not just always live off of milk. That's not the way it's intended to be. Well, what about spiritually speaking? It's okay for you to focus on things that you wouldn't necessarily normally focus on, very you know basic things, very foundational teachings. And some people who might even be watching this video, maybe you haven't been a Christian for very long. But I want you to, to examine yourselves and think about this because this isn't something that I can necessarily do for you, but it's something that, that uh, I can perhaps encourage you to examine yourself and consider where you are at in your own walk. Because if we aren't careful, we can look at this and we can say, oh, well, this is a church that just wasn't grown up. But then notice back in Hebrews, they were told that they should be teachers, but they're still needing to be taught. If you see things like this in more than one passage, perhaps we need to take notice and sort of examine ourselves and see, is this passage maybe speaking about us? But what about us, you know, as a church? I'm speaking about our own specific congregation. If you're a part of a, another congregation, if you found this video, uh, you know, that's great. And maybe consider your own congregation. Are, is your congregation or is my congregation still at a point to where they're needing this milk? Now, there's always going to be, at least hopefully so, there's always going to be some new members who always need some of that foundational teaching, who always need a little bit of help, a little bit of growth. But yet, at some point, they need to be moving past that. Now, I can't answer for you as to, to when that growth is going to happen. I have seen it happen very quickly. And in some people, I've seen it happen slower. And this might depend on an individual basis. And we as Christians who have been Christians for several years, we need to be patient with those who are maybe newly, who, who have newly come to Christ, who are infants in Christ. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. That is a wonderful thing. We need to be patient with them, but we need to also help them to grow and so that they will be on the solid food, the more spiritual uh, things rather than some of the, the foundational things. And here uh, we see that Paul is, is making that comparison. Now, I want to give you an example. Uh, I believe I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you again. 
I know that uh, there was someone that I came in contact with in, in college. I, he was actually a pretty good friend of mine. And whenever he started college, um, you know, he was not a Christian before before college. Um, and, you know, in the, in the course of our time together, you know, I went to college and I, I was majoring in, in Bible, you know, so I, I had a lot of my, my studies were even uh, dealing with, you know, reading the Bible and all. But at some course uh, in in time, he became a Christian. And then I was talking with him and stuff, and and we were talking about some things, and, and uh, he had me uh, get his Bible and open it to a passage because he had some questions about it. So we were looking at it. And as I was flipping to that passage, I looked at how much he had, like, you know, written in his Bible, like underlined some things or highlighted some things that were, you know, interesting to him or, or uh, maybe some questions that he had. And I realized, you know, this... Christian, who hadn't been a Christian for too long at that point, I realized since he's become a Christian, he has spent more time in his Bible than what I had at that point. And when we see things like that, we need to take notice of it. We need to pay attention to those things. Perhaps we need to grow a little bit more. And as I mentioned before, you know, I mean, my I was majoring in Bible, so you know, part of my uh, my studies were were dealing with with the Bible. But I'm not talking so much about that. I'm talking about kind of outside of those uh, biblical studies that I had. As far as sitting down and a personal study in the Bible, this new Christian had spent obviously more time than what I had, and so we had a, a wonderful discussion. But he was somebody who he he was starting to get past that point of needing that milk. He was getting ready for, for more substantial things because he was ready to leave his, his worldly life behind and follow Christ. And Paul here, once again, turning back to this text in verse 3, he says, you know, look, there's this jealousy. There's this quarreling among you. Doesn't that prove that you're worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And he points out again how they're acting like mere humans. He's already told them. We already looked at last week, this passage, uh, just a reminder. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, he says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. I mean, look at what I put in bold right here. This verse 12, it says that we have received the spirit who is from God. There should be no reason, no excuse for us to still be acting like you know mere humans. No, the spirit we have is not the spirit of the world. We're not called to be worldly. We're called to be led by the Spirit who is from God. We don't need to be jealous. We don't need to be fighting among ourselves. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Let's go back to chapter 3 again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he continues on in verses 5 through 9, and he says, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers with God in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So now in, in using... This, this terminology, he's used that language about infants and milk and solid food. And then he moves on and he points out a problem that they have. And maybe it's a problem that some of our churches today have as well. That they might say, well, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos and all this stuff. And he, he looks at that and he says, look, who, who are these people? Who's Apollos? Who's Paul? He says they're only servants. And he's speaking you know, about himself. 
That's why he says in verse 6, you know, I planted the seed. Uh, I would say by that, you know, he's, he's talking about how, you know, he, he might plant a church, but somebody else comes back and does some more, uh, more work. He calls it watering right here. He says, Apollos watered it. But the one who planted the seed is not the one who makes it grow. The one who waters it doesn't make it grow. It's God who is making it grow. We don't need to accept the glory and be like, oh, well, you know, I planted the seed. I planted this church, so, you know, or, or I took care of this church. You know, I watered it, so it, it's great. No, no, no. It's God who is making it grow. Paul, Apollos, preachers, teachers of the word today, they are servants of God. God is the one who makes it grow. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God who makes it grow. In verse 8, all of these people who are servants of God, they have one purpose, and that is to grow in Christ. And we will be rewarded for our own labor. You don't have to worry about that. You will receive your reward. Our purpose is to be found pleasing to God, to grow up in Christ. We are co-workers in God's service, in serving God, as verse 9 says. And then he uses some other examples. You know, he's he's used the image of an infant. And if that doesn't speak uh, quite right to you or maybe as much to you, in verse 9 he also says, you were God's field. You know, you look at a field. He's kind of already used that language about, well, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is the one who's making it grow. And then he uses another comparison. So we have that of a, of a baby. We have that of a field. And then it says God's building. You know, all of these are kind of described about this church right here. And God's building, you know, he's he's going to start uh, using those examples, you know, from uh, from building terms. And as you look at all of those things, they're all teaching the same thing, is that our focus needs to always be on God. God is the one who makes it grow. We need to be ones who are willing to grow in Christ, to help one another grow in Christ. That is how we serve God. And finally, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, now he's going to speak a little bit more about God's building and using that, uh, uh, that kind of symbol. He says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. You look here and you find out the one foundation that we have to have, that we have to start with, that has to be foundational, everything that we do is Jesus Christ. You can't lay another foundation and your building going to stand. Not if it's built on another foundation other than the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. No matter what comparison speaks to you about a baby, uh, a building, uh, or a field, all of them are speaking the same things, that we have a common goal in mind, to follow, to be of service to God, to help one another, to build one another up. This is how we grow. Let's not just look at a passage like this and say, oh, well, the Corinthian church need to grow up. And let's not look at a passage from, once again, Hebrews and say, oh, well, you know, they that were uh, receiving the book of Hebrews, you know, they need to grow up. No, no, maybe we need to examine ourselves and to see, do we need to grow up as well? Because when you see multiple passages like this, maybe our church needs to grow up too. Maybe we need to have an ear that's a little bit more open to these passages and find ways to help build one another up. 
All the while, remember, we have to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. He is foundational. He is elementary to everything that we do. He must be. He must always be. Yeah.